Let us then turn in our catechisms to read together our confession of faith, turning to Lord's Day 9 in the catechism as we continue looking at the Apostles' Creed as a summary of the doctrine which we need, as we've said, to believe that um, we understand from Scripture. So let us read together question answer 20. Six in the Catechism. I'm looking at the wrong place on the page here and getting myself confused. Question answer 26. So let us read together our confession of faith. What do you believe when you say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, that the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who of nothing made heaven and earth with all that in them is, who likewise upholds and governs the same by his eternal counsel and providence, is, for the sake of Christ his Son, my God and my Father, in whom I so trust as to have no doubt that he will provide me with all things necessary for body and soul. And further, that whatever evil he sends upon me in this troubled life, he will turn to my good." For he is able to do it, being Almighty God, and willing also, being a faithful Father. And so, brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, as we look at this question and answer, there is so much here. As we think about the Creator God, as we think about His continued providence and counsel upholding the world, and as we consider His interaction then as well with evil, and the trouble, the, the question, that as it is talked about, of theodicy. Why is there evil in a world created by a good God? And so, what do you believe when you say, I believe in God the Father, Almighty Maker of Heaven? What is that first um, assertion of the, cat, of the confession? What does that mean? What does that say? So first of all, we understand the eternity of God, the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Trinity is, of course, from all time, before time. God did not somehow begin to exist as Trinity. He was always Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And note the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that God is outside of time. Time is a creation by God. We have to understand that. As we might look down upon a map, God looks down upon history. He can see, we're told, the beginning from the end. God is the creator of all things, including time. He is not subject to time like we are stuck in a, a continuing pathway, he is outside of it. And so the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who of nothing made heaven and earth and all that is the men therein. Notice that Psalm 33 says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Hebrews talks about it this way. 
By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. We have to understand that. There are many people who say to us that first chapter of the Bible, we don't need to believe that. Well, the problem is that it's not just the first chapter of the Bible. Everywhere the Bible addresses this, it is continuous in its witness that God created. And he created in six days. He didn't create in some huge amount of time and the problems that, that arise out of that. Well, God could have used evolution. Well, no. If he had wanted to, certainly he could have, but he didn't. And we know that because we have very clearly told to us in Scripture, as we talked about with the call to worship, that we would come to certain conclusions looking at the world around us. Quick question, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? Does that mean if they did, that, that were, there was an umbilical cord somewhere and stuff like that? Does God have to create the world to look brand new? We're already told in the first bit that God created light before he created the light givers. Now, if you do the math, God could have created light, a shaft of light to light the world that was a certain length long and lit the world. Because you turn off the lights... Is it the light that makes the, like the, the, the fixture that creates the light, that makes the light exist in between you and it? How long does it take for the light from the sun to get here? Right on. It takes time. If the sun would go out, we wouldn't know for eight minutes that there was no sun, right? So again, God created and God told Adam and Eve. God didn't lie to them and say, you know, it's been billions of years. He said, I just spoke this into being in seven days. Right? And by the way, you have a job here. Who have nothing made heaven and earth and all that in them is. Who likewise upholds and governs the same by his eternal counsel and providence. Again, God created and if God didn't uphold the universe, it would cease to be. It would fall apart. So, we talk about the laws of nature. Gravity, right? Well, how does gravity work? Well, you get out the calculations and I can draw up the formula, but we don't need that right now. But does that make the pencil fall? Yes, the attractions therein. But who makes gravity work? God does. Somehow our society has said because we have some level of explanation, therefore God isn't in it. No, God is right there in the middle of it. And so, 
all of the things going on in this universe, God is directly in control of. From the smallest atom to the star farthest away, and whether or not it has planets and all of the other things that go on with that. He upholds and governs the same by His eternal counsel and providence. Matthew 10.30, the hairs of your head are all numbered. Now for some of us, that's getting a little easier to count. But do you know how many? God cares. By the way, I don't. God does. And he upholds all things. Acts 17, as Paul speaks here, God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life and breath and all things. God upholds everything. And it is done according to his counsel and his providence. And that that God, that Father, is for the sake of Christ his Son, my God and my Father. Again, we talked about faith just a few questions and answers ago in question and answer 21. That not only to others, but to me also, that trust and that confidence that these things in Scripture are not just out there, but that they're for me. John 1.12, but as many as received him, to him they gave, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. We just were in Galatians chapter 4. To redeem those who are under the law that we might receive adoption as sons, and because you are sons, God has sent forth his spirit, the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, we, you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Because of what Christ has done, we are now children, sons of God, in whom we can have so, such trust that we can have no doubt that he will provide us with all things necessary for body and soul. We just read this in son, adult Sunday school, Matthew I think we were in Luke, but the same idea. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? We can have trust we read in Psalm 55, 22, Cast your burden on the Lord, and He shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. We can have trust in God that He will provide us with all things necessary for body and soul. And by the way, one of those things can be very hard things, or one of those categories of things. And whatever evil He sends upon me, in this troubled life, he will turn to my good. One of the hymns puts it this way, he will not cause his child a needless care. And we have to have that trust that if we are going through hardship, this is in God's almighty hand. Whatever evil, 
Where does evil come from? Out there? God uses evil for good and for His glory. We have to understand that. God created this world and He created it with the possibility of evil. And evil, of course, is the twisting of that which is good. We have to understand that as we live in this world, evil is not outside of God's control. God is omnipotent, not just partnipotent. He is fully all-powerful, and He is able to turn evil into good. And He can use horrific things for our good and for His glory. Think of Joseph. Joseph, sold by his brothers into slavery, was used by God to save many people alive. But how do you think of Joseph's life as he walked through that? As he spent his time, first of all, as a slave in Potiphar's house. And then it got better right away, right? No, he spent time in the jail because Potiphar's wife accused him of attempted rape. And then, he was in the jail and God used him to interpret the baker's and the, um, was it the chef's cupbearer? The baker and the cupbearer, I believe. Yeah. Their dreams. And they remembered them right away to Pharaoh, didn't they? They spent more years in prison for something he hadn't done. And what does he say in Genesis 50? You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. In the same action, man is doing evil, and God is doing good things. Of course, that's not the the most powerful one, of course, we read about in Acts chapter 2. When Jesus was crucified... Peter says, you by wicked hands took and put to death. God is in the most merciful, the most loving action of world history. And yet, they are wicked doing the crucifixion of the Son of God. And so as we look at this, we see we can have no doubt Because God is all-powerful. He will provide us with all things necessary for body and soul. And even when He does send hardship and evil upon us, He will turn it to our good. For He is able to do it being Almighty God and willing also being a faithful Father. He is able to do it. We've been talking about that. God's power is not limited. And He is willing also. Matthew 7, Jesus said, 9-11, through 11, Or what man is there among you if, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? 
If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give, give, give good gifts to those who ask Him? God is able and all wise to give good gifts to His children. If you're, as a parent, if you consider you want to do the best you possibly can for your kids, but sometimes you can't, sometimes you don't know what the right thing is. Sometimes you don't know which kid needs the spanking. <laughs> but brothers and sisters, we as earthly parents want to do the absolute best that we can for our children. How much more God who knows all things and is not limited like we are in power. He does perfectly what is good for us. And so, brothers and sisters, the Almighty God who created heaven and earth, who still upholds them, that He is our Father in heaven because of what Jesus has done, and we can have no doubt, we can trust in God so much that we don't need to have a doubt that He will provide us with all things necessary for body and soul and even when he sends evil, he will turn it to our good because he is able to do it and he is willing also. He loves us and cares for us that perfectly. Amen.